Hello? Message. Welcome in. And to those who celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, Happy King Day, everyone. quite a few questions I needed answers to, so I started looking online at different genealogy sites and listening to different genealogists speak and searching for ancestors. I do recommend it. I highly recommend it to anyone that has answers and feel as though you hit a brick wall and um, you just need the answers. I do recommend that you exercise as much patience as possible because there's no way no way to look back hundreds of years through our living experience and expect to understand the experiences that our ancestors had. So, in other words, a certain emotional IQ is required and it will be developed if we keep searching for our ancestors and keep going further back in time. The emotional IQ will automatically develop, but the patience is so important. Otherwise, there's just going to be more unanswered questions and the consequences might not be too comfortable for some people. But then, only from my own experience, I can say that a new perspective keeps coming forth on so many things that are part of the experience of my life or the part part of the experience of near generations, parents or grandparents, part of the experience of their lives as I know it new perspectives come into view. <clears throat> so it's both and um, frustrating and rewarding experience. It's both. questions will keep coming up as the answers come with it so that you know it's not probably best to rush through that it gets so exciting thinking oh Here's information from so long ago. Here are potential ancestors from, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> potential ancestors from hundreds of years ago. What was their life like? What was their world like? How did they survive? What, what work did they do? What contributions did they make? I mean, just 
all these questions just flood right in over you and overwhelm you. So, take small steps. If that's possible. I can't say it's possible because it's so exciting. The first time you see all of this, maybe some people know many generations have seen pictures of ancestors from hundreds of years ago, but not everyone has. And there are some relatives I've heard about for decades, maybe even for a lifetime. I've heard the stories about them and never saw a picture. And so once I saw a picture and got more information that could fill in the blanks, then here comes all those those uh, feelings that are attached to that. Well, why this and why that? And did so-and-so hide the truth or were they honest? So <laughs> take it step by step, but by all means, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. It is an emotional roller coaster. The highs are extremely high, but the lows are extremely low. So, <laughs> so proceed at your own caution. Just be advised as soon as you get some somewhere in your research, you may hit another brick wall and you want to just throw up your hands and quit. But just set it aside and maybe switch over to something else besides genealogy. Maybe to history, music, culture, some other uh, hobby of yours or something that you enjoy. Uh, if you can find on the sites like Ancestry different documents or even better if you go to Ancestry Freedmen Bureau Records you'll find majority African American records but you'll also be pleasantly surprised that there are many of our Caucasian and Indian lineages are also mixed in with our African American records. So it's a pleasant surprise. So, you know, that's the point that I was trying to make is you can get addresses, say, where they lived hundreds of years ago or maybe a hundred years ago you can get an address from a draft card or from a, a census maybe not the census but you can get information from there too and I took one address from one great grandfather's draft card and I went to Google Maps and of course a hundred years later not going to be the exact same house. The house may not even be there. But I went to that location. And you can go to street level. And they have an icon of a person walking. You can use that. And you can walk around the area. For the address that you retrieved from these ancient documents. So... Um, I had the pleasant surprise of going to Google Maps and once you swirl the the area, the vicinity where your ancestors may have lived, you're going to see the current day landscape and of course it will give you the names 
of not only the cities, the counties, but all the rivers and all the landmarks, the libraries, the neighborhoods, the uh, streets, of course. And, uh, and it's, again, it's in, from our perspective, in our day and time, or whatever year, Google employees surveyed that area and uploaded it into their software. So it's going to be in our recent history. But still, I like to think that some of it that we're looking at goes back hundreds of years, if nothing more than the good earth and the the rivers and the gulf. So you get certain benefits from just looking at the the maps. Whether they're the ancient time maps or whether they're the current time maps, you get certain benefits from just that. And um, it's certain things that we don't want to read a bunch of stuff just to see a picture or just to see if there's a certain name there or birth certificate. We don't want to read all that stuff in the archives. But guess what? It can save us hours, even days. (laughs) If we can just read a couple paragraphs, not for hours, but read just a couple paragraphs, it might tell us, type enrollment. Say if you type John Smith in their search box at the National Archives and you're searching for uh, John Smith's enrollment in the Creek Indian tribe, well, you can type John Smith, the word enrollment. And, you know, unless you are patient enough to read that instruction, you're going to waste, you could waste all your time and never find what you're looking for. Or you can say, like, on certain uh, names, on the, on the uh, Freedmen Bureau records on Ancestry.com. They have the Freedmen Bureau records. Those are the um, black... American Indians or or black Africans that were either enslaved or just living as freedmen, freed women, freed children on on in, in Indian territory. So it's all lumped under the term freedmen, one word, F R R E D M E N, Freedmen Bureau records and you can search for free and get get quite a bit of information about land that was allotted so allotments labor contracts work that was done bank records Applications for savings deposit. Um, But it takes so much patience because, again, we have one understanding based on what we were told. But we were given information that our ancestors wanted us to have. And they had their secrets. They had information that they wanted to protect or that they didn't feel was appropriate to share, the timing wasn't right, our age wasn't right, whatever. Maybe they completely forgot. But we only have just one little fragment of information. But 
that's enough to open the floodgates to so much more. As you can tell, I can't stop talking about it, but I was trying to see, I typed in in a search box. It said first and middle names. And I kept changing it up and changing up first and then the middle initial. And then I went back, took out the middle initial. And I kept changing different parts because you can add in more information. Spouse, children, parents, events, dates, times, keywords. You can add on more information and get better results. Or you can take off more information and get even better results. So it just all depends on what's on the other side of that brick wall. And um, it's, it's just an exercise in patience. In the ex- it's exercise in extreme patience that we never dream that we had or could ever have. So don't give up and don't blame yourself or anyone else. It's all about trying to bridge the gap between the century that we live in and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. They use terms hundreds of years ago, say in Reconstruction, right after um, the Civil War, right after Emancipation, that period, say 1860. Six through, oh, or say eighteen sixty-five through eight through nineteen seven, eighteen sixty-five. Let's call it. I may not be exact, but let's just say roughly eighteen sixty-five through nineteen sixty-five. We'll call that Reconstruction and better known as Jim Crow era. After emancipation, and um, it's cold in here. I gotta close this window. Excuse me. Oh, oh, oh. oh boy! But they use certain terms. That's that was the point I was trying to make. They use certain um. That we don't understand, or maybe we don't recall from our history classes, if we were even taught that in history, that um, certain terms in their their terms are referring to certain events that we may or may not have ever heard about or recall hearing about. They'll use terms like um, abandoned lands and refugees and you know these aren't terms that send up any flags or ring any bells for me but what they were what that refers to is that during that time of reconstruction before Jim Crow, there was um, a time where some of us may not recall all of the details, so don't blame me if I get it twisted, but when General Sherman, Tecumseh Sherman, marched down the coast, I think from Virginia, Virginia, through the Carolinas down into Florida and his troops were burning everything um, some of the people some of the people in the south the landholders some of uh, the uh, people 
in the different slaveholding states had heard and found out and knew that uh, Tecumseh Sherman was on the march and that the Union armies and their allies were on the march and they were coming in to burn or however uh, confiscate the lands and the assets of the uh, Confederacy, Confederacy who had already succeeded. They didn't consider themselves <laughs> they didn't consider themselves allied with Abraham, President Abraham Lincoln at all. So make a long story short the, the Confederacy had already cons- uh, succeeded, had ceded, had left the Union in long before the wars broke out. But um, the point I was trying to make is that the land-owned owners in the Confederacy started, not all of them, but some started burning everything, scorch, scorch earth strategy, burned everything to the ground before they abandoned their lands. Some just abandoned the lands left the uh, African-Americans that they enslaved, left them behind, just fleed. So this is why those terms on some documents as abandoned lands and refugees. So the land that was left behind was considered abandoned, and the uh, laborers or African-Americans and even some of our Caucasian family members who were considered indentured servants, a polite word for enslaved, were abandoned and left behind. And these these people had uh, rights later on to go to what later was developed down the down the years down I think in the late 1867 through I'd say the 1880s or 90s or the early part of 1900s or the 19 teenies and <coughs> there was a process by which People could go who had a, a right to claim they had this was not based on race or color, but pri- primarily most of the enslaved were the African descendants, Africans and their descendants. So <clears throat> they had a, a right to go and claim for past and present uh, reparations their losses and they did and again it was not just based on African blood because many of our our uh, Caucasians were brought here or who were already here and were freed had suffered losses and suffered uh, severe losses, personal and material. Um, this this was uh, devastating to just about any and everyone. So um, I'll just open a parenthesis there to say, if you have ears to hear, hear this. If it offends you, I am truly sorry, but I have to keep it real. I have to keep it 100, so I'm sorry if anything hurts. That's not my intention, to hurt anyone. But the same thing happened throughout the decades, which is why now, not only people who are descendants of African Americans, but... 
we have family members who were descendants of from um, I'll use my family tree that um, I just started expanding on I have family uh, ancestors just two generations ago no he would have been three generations ago a great great grandfather Scottish and expanding his potential ancestors so far most of them are from Scotland and when I do the history on the Scottish people in America it's not all roses it's not it's not I think I already posted on one of the I posted on one of my uh, show notes not too many episodes ago one or two episodes ago I posted a link called uh Cape Fear Clans, C-A-P-E, Cape Fear, F-E-A-R, Clans, C-L-A-N-S. You can read about the McNeils. Those are my great, great, great and beyond grandparents. So... They did not have a cakewalk at all. And some of the Martins and McNeils married. So those two are some of my uh, Scottish ancestors. And when I read that, I said, well, now, did I sleep through history? Well, I'm going down a rabbit hole. That's not the point. That's not the point I'm trying to make is that even now there's a reparations movement and again the strategy divide and conquer is being used to try to divide black people from white people to uh, create this, this division again to make people fight and hate and all that when I'll just say it. I'll just put it out there and don't take offense when reparations are due to both black and whites. Now, I have to tell you what I discovered. I have to be honest with you. Just from reading my family history. You know, and, um, you know, we have to be grateful to them for being such fierce survivors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there is no, I can, like I keep saying, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else. They were such fierce survivors. They, that's the greatest legacy that they left my generation and the generations that came after them are just survivors. We're not going to wait for anybody <laughs> to give us reparations or anything else. We're going to go and do what has to be done. And, you know, we're going to tell as many people as we can this is how we did it and we hope that it You can receive it and that it works to your good. You know, this, this, I guess, fearless and uh, just durable and resilience. That's how resilient, that's how I'll describe the ancestors, not just from Scotland, but from Africa. And from the uh, the native indigenous tribes, such fearless. I, I just I, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed. 
Anytime I want to pout or fret about anything, I think about them and I just shut up. I just shut up and say, I I don't have a leg to stand on, to pout about, to groan about. Well, enough about me and my ancestors. I'm just trying to make the point that when you search through ancestry and census and, well, ancestry.com and the U.S. census records and the, the Native American census records, you know, there's so many long rows and lists of Native tribes and just so many places you can search. I guess you're going to bump up against terms and information that if, if it makes any sense at all, it may not reveal the true meaning or the full meaning of, of its value at the time that it was written about in those documents. And needless to say, some of the handwriting is so fancy and flourishing. <laughs> you can hardly even read it. It's, it's more like a, what do you call that? Graphic art that you see in in um, Ottoman times in the in the uh, Islamic world, you see this beautiful art calligraphy. Well, that was part in partially in some of those documents in the Freedmen's Bureau. It will, with patience, it will take a little time, but you will develop quickly the ability to be able to in your mind, translate what they're trying to say. Because there was a time not too many hundred years back, not that many years back, when they used different consonants than we did. They might have used an F for an S. Or they might have used a... um, they, They... were flexible with not only the consonants, they were flexible with the names and the ages and the the uh, years before the, they started having state-issued birth certificates. Say, like during the pre-emancipation period and even during the emancipation period, I think maybe before 1910 I I want to say in well into the 1900s there there were no state birth certificates being issued everywhere maybe some did but it didn't happen everywhere all at once so There's many different reasons to be patient when you look at these old documents and to not call it one and done. Be patient enough to go back, give it a second, a third look, or keep going back looking at the documents again and again. And each time something new comes up, because you leave that document, maybe you go to a map, or maybe you go to a website and read a, a narrative, or you find a new relative on your family tree, and you get new background information. And then once you go back to a document that you looked at before, you bring all that new information, and you'll be able to unravel what that document from deck from hundreds of years ago is is really all about. 
but it's meaningful. It's meaningful. It has not only financial and inheritance value for right now, today in our lives, um, but it has so many other meanings just in terms of personal growth and development. I, I'll take a leap of faith and say anybody that has the patience to carefully think through what these documents are, are revealing, you can never be the same. It changes. It changed me. And every time I read more or look at the information, it changes me. Until I can't even I can't even describe it, and I'm just speaking of maybe after a couple of weeks of looking at some new information, it completely changed information that I had for decades that I had believed was my history for decades. This completely changed it not necessarily erased it, but it just enhanced it or corrected it. Yes, some was deleted. Some was added to or enhanced. But overall it's such a such a bonus, such a big W that anything that I may have lost my former narrative I can't even count it as a loss compared to all the the new information so there's I could go on forever about the um, the experience that I've had just for the last couple a couple weeks even the last few hours. I usually go in with the intention of saying, okay, I'm going to find a new ancestor to celebrate. And I do celebrate them. Oh, yes. If it's nothing but a... um, new recipe I find a way to celebrate them but if I I go in with the intention of I'm going to find out find a new photograph I'm going to find a new historical fact or genealogical fact I'm going to go in and get the experience and come out changed for the better and pray that I'm able to survive it because you know again some of the information is not going to be comfortable and you may have to give yourself space and a time to recover from some of it whether it's so far up the hill of the roller coaster you need to recover before you go back to the information or whether you went so far down the roller coaster you still need to get off that roller coaster catch your breath get your balance catch your wind again before you go back because at some point you're say like you're ancestry tree might just take off and grow and grow may start adding relatives both paternal and uh, maternal on both sides of your tree in all directions and you know you have to slow down because the information starts flooding in they call them hints and you'll see something on the if you don't know the ancestry tree, I'm just learning about some of their icons. They have these 
icon that looks like a leaf from a tree or a plant. You click on that, they give you a hint. And in other words, they're going to present to you more information from very different sources, whether it's the NARA, the National Archives, or whether it's the census, whether it's um, marriage records, uh, birth and death certificates from all different directions. Information just flooding, flooding into your your space. So, you know, what I learned initially, I started just trying to click and get all that information quick before it disappears. No, no, no. I rather the information disappear than to become so overwhelmed that I'm just walking around, floating around. You know, I found myself for a couple days. I had had, uh, just stayed awake night after night after night. It was so much information. It was so fascinating. I didn't want to stop. I would just night after night after night. And I was walking in my sleep. That's I don't know what else to call it because I couldn't really... At one point, a couple of days ago, the clock said 12.44 a.m. or something like that. And my internal clock, to me, I felt it felt like it was not even p.m. I, it, to me, it felt like it was still daylight, in other words, that the day just got away so fast. The hours just got away so fast. So... The lesson learned is have a boundary, have boundaries, and just say, okay, what is it? What are my goals? And I'll pull the information for for that goal. Make a selection from the ancestry tree. It's as soon as it starts growing, then just my goal is to click on no more than two, three at the most ancestors and then narrow the scope of the information that I click on if I'm going to, on, on the tree, if I'm going to pick more than one person, then on the icons for hints and news and history and facts and all that, then I narrow that side that I pull from. If I narrow the names of the people on my tree, then I'll broaden the other side, the data that I'm going to pull from. In other words, have some boundaries in and some goals and um, even with that strategy also mix it between the research have a a break and you know look at again look at Google Maps that's a free download from your app store you can look at the maps and you know you can travel all those places that you read about and maybe even if it's not the the earth app there's other apps that will let you go back in time or online you can go back in time and, and go and look at some of those places back in time just fascinating history Frankly speaking, it's equivalent to a whirlwind tour. It's almost as if, you know, you just took a jet or a plane and went to that actual location. It, to me, it's even better 
because you can go to the street view and I, I'll tell you, you can do that and not rent a car, not, you know, burn your pockets for all of the travel calls and the accommodations and all that. You just download your app or go online and you're already there. So, you know, you've saved thousands of dollars. So, so you can do a whole lot more. And um, it's it's even more rewarding because you can go right there. You don't have to figure out from a map, from, you know, all that old school stuff of trying to figure out how do you get from point A to point B. And forget about the high cost of gasoline, the high cost of renting cars and tracking down people that tell you is this a hot spot can I go to that location and get out safely (laughs) none of that so I'm telling you from my perspective probably something you already know but you know once again it's my truth. I'm willing to share it. I'm not um, intending to embarrass or shame or hurt anyone. But, you know, there's so, so much hate and division going on for no reason. Other than somebody has a personal agenda that only serves them. They want everybody else to hate everybody. No. That will crash and burn. It will crash and burn. So thank you for listening. I wasn't intending to lecture all this, but it was so exciting. I had to lecture about all this information that I learned. And I'm still learning. I'll tell you, I haven't even scratched the surface. I only went maybe to 15 the late 1500s, so that's, um, oh, maybe five to seven generations before me, and hopefully in the records, there will be at least twice that many more generations available, if not, oh, I'm thankful for what I found. And, um, you know, I I don't look at my family no longer as uh, these are the Caucasians, these are the Africans, these are the Indians, these are the mixed, these are, no. I just look at the family as this is, this is us, you know. They used to have this program. I don't watch television, so I don't know. It might still be on. There was a TV program at one time called This Is Us. That's what I look at. Because again, I look at them all because they all were pioneers and are still pioneers. And you know, they had to make some some Jedi moves to survive. So, you know, one ancestor, thankful for her pioneering, unbending, uncompromising, and still spine. Um, I'm where I am today 
not only her, but I'm specifically saying because of her Jedi moves, I am here today. And she was uh, always the one that she never wanted to share any background, family history. But you know what? In honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he once said, Truth pressed to the ground will soon rise again. Well, even the information that she was so protective of and she didn't want to share, she didn't want certain ancestors to know their lineage. Well, now all that information is. It's hidden in plain sight. It can't be kept from me or anyone that wants to get their information that was hidden from them them all their life now. It's it's going to surface. It's gonna be there. And just remember the timing is everything. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. So when we're ready for the information, it will present itself to us. And, um, you know, I admit I, I did not like or care for a lot of the Jedi moves that that particular grandparent made keeping information hidden and secret or you know cloaked I didn't like that at all but the point is this person was tucked away under some other names which oh that's as important in your genealogy research, remember that the names were handed down just like any other heirloom. The names just appear and appear, reappear and reappear. So that may get confusing, but um, that's important that the names carried down because if you're searching for someone now it's 2024 and you're searching for a record or an ancestor back in 1860s or before then if you think about the names that that are in your family today and you plug some of those names into those search engines, bingo, bingo. That same name is a throwback from way, way hundreds of years ago. Even if it's not spelled the same, then the vowels may have been dropped or the consonants may appear to be uh, another consonant but it was just either whoever a census taker in, in the, many cases or oh, I can go into many stories already about the, the people that took the census way back when they were more or less imposed upon Maybe they were the area sheriff, and they were told, okay, here's another task that you don't have time to do, but you have to do it anyhow. You have to go to this area and do this, take a census of all the people in this area. And so they had to find shortcuts to get it done and keep their job. Maybe they would ask, hey, you on the street. Who lives in that house? What are their names? How old are they? What is what are their 
their backgrounds and, and what color are they and how tall and how old and where do they work and what country, you know, and then just fill in the boxes. So sometimes the census worker would go and look at their ancestors and say, oh, they looked at one grandfather and they told him, they wrote down, oh, you're white, which was half true. He was (laughs) Scottish and African. And so they wrote him down because his complexion was white. They wrote him down as white. But a lot of the ancestors of my family, they were from the indigenous or Indian tribes. And some of their skins were white. Some of their skins were brown. Some were some skin was black. No, well, we're out of time. But I'm just saying, the census taker would, um, you know, just fill in whatever they could fill in. You know, they would guess about your birth date, guess about your age, guess about so many things. So you have to be patient when you look at those old records and say, okay, the age has to be flexible. And really, as you go further back in time, you need more flexibility. As a general rule, you want to be flexible about everything that you see. If you can, if you can get information that you're looking for, you'll get some bare bones information, and you can check two or three of the boxes out of a dozen. You know what? That's that's something to be proud of. <laughs> be proud of that. And you don't want to discard that information as unreliable or discard that person from your family tree as they couldn't possibly be in my family tree. Oh, yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. You know. But we're running out of time. And again, I didn't intend to keep you so long. But overall, it's it's a healing journey. I've healed quite a bit. I know I have a lot more to heal just from the personal wounds and then from the environmental wounds of living in a world full of hate and division. And then a lot of things that are self-imposed or inherited, acquired. So tap in. Tap in, everybody, because nobody gets out of this world without dirt thrown in their face and everything else thrown in their back, in their head, everything. If you've survived this long, you're a miracle worker. You're uh, someone worthy of the best and of celebrating. You clearly come from some awesome, awesome people if you're alive today because they had to survive way more than we did and we're standing on their shoulders okay love you guys I'm so sorry to keep you for so long but I'll come back with another long story and happy king Day, happy Queen's Day to all of you because you're all nobility and royalty. And don't take my word for it. 
do your own family tree, do your own research. And you'll say, oh, she was right. My tree does go back to nobility. You will see. Okay, guys, we're out of time.